Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We've got a lot to get into today, starting with Hard Knocks. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little non-Browns. Mary Kay is going to be subjected to the latest viral trend on the internet. We've got some Twitter questions, all sorts of things to get into on today's Orange and Brown Talk podcast. But first, Mary Kay, let's get to it. The big story. Okay, so the big story here, Mary Kay, is... The Browns are on hard knocks. Uh, it became official today. They were running out of teams to put on that were eligible. And the Browns, you know, it always started to feel like it was coming to this. But uh, it also felt like John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson weren't really real interested in this. So what changed or did anything change? Well, you know, I think I have a feeling, first of all, that the NFL and HBO came to the Browns and really said, hey, you guys have so many compelling storylines. We really want to have you on. When you think about it, you know, the 49ers were eligible. The Browns were eligible. Out of the six teams, I think those two teams had the most compelling stuff. And I think they probably, you know, we already heard from John Lynch. He didn't want to do it. The Browns turned it down last year. And at some point, you have to be on this darn thing. And I think, you know, if you look at Dee Haslam, she is, you know, she's always obviously throughout her career um, with River Media as president of River Media, which she has stepped down from that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, her, her whole career has been geared towards, you know, cable television and doing things like this. And the Browns have done, you know, building the Browns. And, and I think that they view this as an opportunity to put themselves out there and get people excited about the team. Yeah, and, and you know, look, the minute they drafted Baker Mayfield, this really had to come into play. Um, they, they normally make this announcement a little earlier. I kind of went back and looked, and they announced Tampa Bay last year before the draft. So I don't know what they were waiting for, if they were waiting to see what the Browns were going to do. Um, you know, you mentioned San Francisco. I think that would have been really compelling with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. I mean, if you're sensing a theme, just look at the quarterback position. Yes. You know, last year was Jameis Winston. We're going to get into that here in a minute, how that could affect all of that. But, um, you know, the minute they drafted Baker Mayfield – they had to move up to the top of that list. Yeah, well, you know what? Obviously, Baker Mayfield is enormously popular. Now, he's he's not quite as popular as Johnny Manziel no. was when he came here, but, you know, he's he's not all that far behind, and he's starting to develop a little bit of a cult following of his own uh, through things like Behind Baker, the documentary uh, that he has already done on himself and things like that. So uh, I, I think it's going to be great, actually. I mean, you and I both know 
that the Browns move the needle nationally yeah. anyways, right? I mean, that's why we always have so much national media in town. That's why on Sunday mornings, so many of the national guys trip over themselves to have some Browns nugget or some Browns news. There's so many Browns fans throughout the country that Cleveland Browns move the needle. And I think it's tremendous that they're on hard knocks. And this is an opportunity for them to change how they're viewed because um, they're going to be on this national stage. A lot of people watch this show. Um, th- this is an opportunity to kind of change that narrative of, you know, they're not the clowns anymore. They're the Browns. Now it could maybe reinforce that. Who knows what we're going to see. Uh, but this is an opportunity for them to change the narrative on themselves as well. It really is. I mean, there's so many things to look at. You've written about some of the storylines. I've written about some of the storylines. Uh, you know, look, they're coming off of an 0-16 season for Pete's sake. There's so many things going on. Uh, you know, I'm sure you sense it. I know about it. I mean, so many fans are anti-Hugh Jackson. <laughs> this is a chance for him, uh, you know, to try to try to let people see who he really is. You've got John Dorsey in his first year as GM. I mean, there's, you know, we've talked about Baker Mayfield, uh, Josh Gordon. I mean, he's a whole, you know, documentary yeah. in and of himself. So, uh, so many things to, to focus on here. Okay. So we've been dancing around it. So let, let's get to it. Uh, leading to our big story. Here are three questions now about the big story, which is the Browns, of course, being featured on Hard Knocks. So the first question, the quarterback competition. And you got a Twitter question about this too. We're going to do some more Twitter questions later, but you got a Twitter question about this. So, uh, I mean, let's get right to that because. Like we said, Baker Mayfield is part of the reason why the Browns uh, are, are going to be involved in this. So what's our question here? Well, the question is from the main Ryan 85, and he asks, is Hugh going to feel the pressure from hard knocks to start Baker Mayfield? I think that's a great question. Uh, and I think that, uh, that I think the quarterback competition will be a very big focus of hard knocks, but Is it really a quarterback competition? It's not supposed to be. Tyrod Taylor is supposed to be the starter. Uh, So I do think that that Hard Knocks will focus on the drama that will go on between Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. But ultimately, in the end, I don't think it's going to change the quarterback competition. I still think Tyrod's going to be the starter. I don't think it will either. But I do think one effect it could have is maybe the fan base, who I think has been pretty accepting of this idea and have embraced this idea of why the Browns are doing this the way they're doing it. I think it could maybe change their perception a little bit because they're going to see Baker in training camp and then they're going to see him on TV as this dynamic personality, uh, you know, saying all the right things. They're they're going to fall in love with him a little more than than maybe if if they haven't fallen in love with him, they might. And then if they already are, they're going to fall in love with him even more. And, And I do wonder if it has an effect a little bit more on the fan psyche than it does Hugh Jackson. Well, you know, the other thing too, Dan, is that fans are really going to get to hear the things that Hugh Jackson says to yeah. these quarterbacks, and Todd Haley and Ken Zampezi. Uh, but Hugh Jackson really talks a lot to those quarterbacks. And, you know, we overhear things that we're really not allowed to print. Maybe we'll, we will be allowed to now. <laughs> if they but, air on HBO, <laughs> we, can, we can print them. Right. But, um, you know, you'll hear all those little things, you know, all the – things that we heard him say to Deshaun Tizer last year and the things that you see, you can kind of see how they feel about a person, what they think about a person. And I think they're really, really excited about Baker Mayfield. And I think that will come through. Yeah. So one of the weird things about the NFL, if you don't know, is we go and watch these practices, especially during the off season when we see the full practice 
And there is a rule in place that we are not allowed to report on anything a coach says to a player. They could be directly in front of us and say it directly to a player, and it could be completely innocuous, and we still are not allowed to report it. Right, <laughs> and then that will this will change that a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that you will have an opportunity to obviously hear some things that you wouldn't necessarily know. You'll hear some F-bombs coming from, they'll have to bleep out some of Greg Williams. Um <laughs> You know, you'll you'll get a really great flavor for this if you don't make it out to camp. And this is not Greg's first time. So that this brings us to our second question. Um, obviously, Hugh Jackson not a real popular guy among the fan base. One in thirty-one, he's going to jump in a lake. Um, is this going to change? Question number two: Is this going to change anyone's mind about Hugh Jackson? Well, you know what. I, I do think it will change some people's minds about Hugh Jackson. I think that they will get a chance to see how he interacts with the players, and the players really seem to love him and respond to him. So I think they're going to see a side of him. And plus, he's funny, too. Yeah, He's got a very, very good personality, and I think fans will see a different side of him. And also, I'm almost positive uh, that HBO or NFL Films will be there to film the jump into the lake. So <laughs> there will be some you know, behind-the-scenes view of that, and I think that'll be cool for the fans, too. I've already decided. I think the Open is going to be building the Browns, actually, surprisingly open with the 0-16 parade. I think the perfect Open for this is going to be like Corey Coleman having the ball bounce off his hands, go to the 0-16 parade, and then you go to Hugh Jackson jumping in the lake and him talking about maybe in the background 0-16 and 1-31. and 31. I, I think maybe that's how this whole thing is going to open. Well, why don't we produce our own video right? starting with that, Dan? I like that. I, I like the uh, visuals that you have presented there. All right, Browns, if you're out there listening, give us the access. We'll <laughs> shoot something great for you. Um, last question on this, on this story, the breakout stars. There's always someone who comes out as like, the man. Now, there's always somebody at the bottom of the roster who fans fall in love with, but there's always a, a main star that they follow around. They go to their house or whatever. They go someplace with them, and they, this person becomes the star of the show. Um, Baker, obviously, is going to be one of those guys, but who is the breakout star? Who's the, who's the fa- fan favorite after this is said and done? Well, you know, it will be very interesting to see who that is and how they approach that. But I think that there are some very colorful characters that will come through uh, in this documentary. And one of those is going to be John Dorsey. Ooh. John Dorsey, Kimosabi himself, uh, you know, buddy boy, Kimosabi, <laughs> walking around in his sweatshirt. Can you do that in the sweatshirt when it's 85 uh, and sunny? Yeah, there's photos out there of him always wearing uh, that sweatshirt. My goodness. Um, so I think that'll be funny. He's, he is, um, he's old school, throwback. Uh, it's just, he's very funny to, to listen to. He's got yeah. great stories. Uh, so he's one guy, and then I think you're going to see Greg Williams. I mean, Greg, boy, he holds court for us every Friday, uh, you know, when we meet with the defensive co- the uh, coordinators. And, you know, he just, you know, you wind him up and he just gets going. And then he <laughs> You don't Jackson, even need to wind him up. Right. And then you've got, again, like you said, Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he likes to put himself out there. He really likes to be in the spotlight. And Josh Gordon, I mean, we know that he's a compelling story and a – uh, really interesting guy. So uh, I don't know who the breakout stars will be, but I think that there will be definitely a lot of uh, role players in this. There's, there's one name you didn't mention, and I'm a little surprised. Miles Garrett. Oh, Miles Garrett, of course. Because I'm thinking about, okay, you spend some time with Miles. He's, you know, he's a great personality. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes the cameras come on and he turns it off a little bit. 
but he's got a great personality. You know, I, there's a lot that they can do. Yep, there is a lot that they can do. Um, so, yes, that it'll be very interesting to see if Miles Garrett kind of comes out of his shell a little bit. He, he can be quiet at times. So, will Miles Garrett, um, you know, be the guy that sometimes opens up to us and tells us a lot, or will he be a little bit more quiet? He's not that outgoing in front of the camera. So, you know, will he be now or not? Yeah, and he's very workmanlike. You know, when he's at practice, and I mean, he's he's there to work, and, and you can tell. So as we go through the week, we come up, you know, we come across some stories. We come across things that, that kind of stand out to us. So real quickly, we're going to go over a few things. And, and the first one is a story you wrote uh, that has to do with Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway. Obviously, both have had off-field troubles. Very different for each player, although Callaway has had um, the, the drug tests and, of course, at the combine as well. Is would mentoring Antonio Callaway, being in that role perhaps for Antonio Callaway, um, as you were told uh, by Tim Montgomery that he could be, mm-hmm. is that good for Josh Gordon? I think it would be great for Josh Gordon. I think having to give it away will help him. I really think that helping Antonio can help Josh. Uh, so, you know, setting the bar for him and setting the example for him, uh, I think it can really help him stay on the straight and narrow himself and impart some of that wisdom to, to Antonio, some of the things that he's already learned himself. Now, of course, the key to that is Josh staying clean and sober himself, and maybe uh, having to show the way to somebody else will make that job a little easier for him. The best way for Josh Gordon to mentor Antonio Callaway, show him his bank account, because it should be much bigger than it <laughs> oh, is had yes. he been able to, to stay on the field and perform and not fail those tests, but he's had to wait and wait and wait for that second contract. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a good motivator for him as well because you know he knows that if he plays the way he did in 2013 that he can write his own ticket in a couple of years, and uh, you know it's an opportunity for him to cash in and make some of that back. All right, the other story that stood out to me, Richard Deitch uh, of The Athletic had a uh, a sit-down with Joe Tessitore, who's the play-by-play guy from Monday Night Football. Um, And Joe was going through the guys that tried out for the the analyst position. One of those guys was Joe Thomas. Yep. And he said that – actually, let me pull up the quote here real quick. Um, He's such a great dude. This is Tessitore. He's such a great dude, but I will acknowledge and Joe will acknowledge he's very green. But if I was to tell you who had the two funniest moments of the audition process, he may have had them. There was one moment where he used the word poop during the audition, and there was another where he compared offensive linemen to mushrooms. He actually used that joke during his, yeah. uh, his retirement. Right. Uh, so Tessitore continues, he was very funny and authentic. There were a few times I told Jay Rothman that there's a bit of John Madden there. You can unearth this and somebody will. You know, it's, this stood out to me because I've thought this a little bit about Joe. Yeah. I do think there's a little John Madden in him. Kind of a, f- a funny guy yep. who's smart, knows the game, and the thing that John Madden always did well is he, you felt like you were sitting there in the living room watching a football game with him. But yeah. he was also incredibly smart, and he made the game really relatable. And, right. and I see a lot of that in Joe Thomas. I, I think Joe Tessitore kind of hit it right on the head with that comparison. No, you're, you're right about that. I think that's the appeal of Joe Thomas. He is just so conversational. He's self-deprecating. He's yeah. so funny. He laughs at himself. Uh, he doesn't take anything too seriously, and I think that's why he was such a good football player for so many years is uh, he could roll with the punches, and I think that you're right. I think somebody will uh, capture that and give him a really good TV job someday. Yeah, and you know, I wonder if part of it, you know, yes, he's very green, obviously. I wonder if Joe's ready for that. 
Because that is a grind. To be on TV and have to do those games every week, you've got to watch film. You've got to know what's going on. You've got to go through production meetings. It's not just show up on Monday nights and do the games. And, you know, during his retirement stuff, he sounded like a guy that wanted to take a little time and, and get away from... Maybe that grind of football for a little bit. Yeah, and you know what, though? We have seen guys like Tony Romo go right into the booth and be amazing right away. So I think it can be done, but maybe it's a little easier to do it from the quarterback position. I'm not sure. I mean, Joe knows so much football. Uh, But I think, you know, there is a little bit of a different vantage point when you are actually the quarterback. Um, So, you know, maybe a little bit of experience for Joe somewhere along the way before he lands a huge job uh, on national television might be the way to go. It's too bad he's not going to have a bigger role on Hard Knocks. I know. I mean, hopefully he'll be around, and he should be around. Yeah, I think he will. It's too bad that he's not going to be like... He would have been the star if if he were on the roster and he were coming back from that injury, coming off 0-16. He would have been the absolute star. Oh, yeah, and plus, I mean, how many... Countless hours have we all stood around Joe's locker, and he just will talk endlessly, <laughs> you know. And he's, you know, he he was just tremendous, and I hope that he is actually around a lot to help mentor Sean Coleman and uh, Austin Corbett and those kind of guys because uh, the uh, the wisdom that he has to impart on them would be just invaluable. Okay, before we get to our Twitter questions, and we got a bunch of them, including from uh, our coworker Chris Fedor, we're going to get into that um, shortly. But first, we're going to talk about sports besides the Browns. Real quick, just about a minute here, because it is the Eastern Conference Finals. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in their uh, in a little break here before Game Three, and Mary Kay, I've got to know: Are you worried about the Cavs? Well, yes, actually, I am worried about the Cavs. Uh, I always thought, heading into this, all the people that I listened to on the radio and I read about saying, oh, well, you know, the the Boston Celtics, you know, they just don't have Kyrie and they don't have Gordon Hayward and they don't have that kind of talent. They don't have a superstar. You could see how well coached they are. You could see uh, how well they were playing together and overachieving and so many guys contributing that I did not have a good feeling heading into this series at all. I knew that they were going to have a bad, bad first game. I just knew it. How many times have we seen LeBron just have that bad first game? And then he kind of comes back and he pulls it together. Sometimes I wonder if he doesn't do it on purpose just to create drama (laughs) for this series. But um, I did not have a good feeling about it at all. I still don't have a good feeling about it because I just think that – that Brad Stevens just really has those Celtics just really playing so incredibly well together. And, you know, they're not scared of the Cavs. No. Like Toronto, you could tell. Toronto just, LeBron is in their head. Right. Celtics don't care. Right. I mean, they, they kind of know that he is who he is, but they aren't backing down. There's some real toughness there, and that's kind of, you know, that's the Pacers showed a little bit of that, but the Celtics are just more talented. Um, you know what? I'm going to say it, though. I still have faith. Because you've got LeBron, right? Yes. You know what? When you have LeBron, when you have a guy like that, you know, you expect magic to happen. You really do. You expect that that he can do anything and that he is the king and that he rules the world and he's going to come back (laughs) and make this happen. And, you know, with... With the royal wedding happening on Saturday as well, you know, you'd have to think that the king 
might come through. See, now, I didn't even know the royal wedding was happening Saturday. I knew it was coming <laughs> up. I had no idea that it was happening on Saturday. I think it's so. this Saturday. Oh, well, okay. you're going to be busy Saturday. That's why. Sunday. Sunday. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. So let's get to Twitter and our Twitter Q&A. We, we did a call out for questions, so keep an eye out for that on Twitter before we record these um, moving forward. But I'm going to go to our coworker Chris Fedor, first. We're staying off the field here for a second. And he's asking the question, as I scroll down here, uh, he was asking about red vines and Twizzlers, whatever. Everybody loves Twizzlers. Uh, so he asked the question, Laurel or Yanni? And I posed that to you when we were coming back to record this. And surprisingly, Mary Kay Cabot, who is up on everything, <laughs> including royal happenings, did not know what I was talking about. That's because I was scrubbing toilets yesterday, <laughs> Dan. I had to go down to Miami University and pick up my son from school. And let me just say that when you have eight <laughs> young men living in a house, it is not pretty, okay? It's bad. I've, I've lived it. It's, it's bad. And I did hindsight. not have any rubber gloves, unfortunately. <laughs> and I was being pressured to get this thing done quickly so we could get back into the car and come home. So I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, there. so... You know, it's this this viral Twitter thing, and it's really silly, but it's this audio clip, and you're supposed to say what you hear, and it's either Yanni or Laurel. Okay. Because I'm going to play it here on, on, on the podcast. Um, I'm going to play it. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear it over, over the air here, but here we go. All right. So, what did you hear? Loud and clear, Laurel. Okay. Well, see, and that's funny because that's what I heard that time, too. <laughs> but the first time I heard it, I heard the, the Yanni thing. Are they messing with us? Do maybe. they sometimes yeah, give you... Yeah, maybe this is like a different audio file. Do they give you a Yanni sometimes and they give you a Laurel other times? Maybe. Play it again. Uh, let's listen one more time here. Oh, I'm hearing Laurel. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, too. Right? There is no Yanni in there for me at all. Yeah, all right. Really? Well, there we go. And, okay. and you're with, I'm scrolling through this post that we found this in. You're with Chrissy Teigen. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's good company. Um, what does this mean if you, you're a Laurel? So I, I guess it's like the tone you can hear, like if you hear a higher pitch or a lower pitch. Hmm. Of course, because it's a Twitter thing, someone has taken it to this extreme level where they've offered some scientific explanation for it. And uh, But yeah, that's... Uh, that's what it is. So there's a personality profile for a Laurel and one also for the Yannis? I, I suppose so. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to some Twitter questions here. I got some favorites. I'm going to pull that up here um, on my phone. Let's get back to football. All right. We're going to stick to football right all now. All right. So uh, K-Funk says this is more of a request. And we've already talked about this. Please don't make the, quote, when will Baker start a story all summer into the fall? I understand it's slow season. You have content. I'd rather hear about Haley's offense, all this stuff. And I understand that sentiment, um, but it is, it's something to watch. It's something we've got to watch and something we've got to keep an eye on. Um, so we're not trying to make it the story, but it, it is going to be a story. And like you mentioned, this is the slow season. We haven't seen much of Todd Haley's offense yet, uh, but... I mean, it's not going away, I don't think, especially with hard knocks around. Well, especially, like you said, with hard knocks around. And also, the last day of rookie minicamp, when we asked Baker Mayfield about Hugh Jackson saying uh, that Tyrod's a starter and that's not going to change, he responded by saying, well, I will listen to him, but I'm still going to go out and try to win that job. 
So, you know what? No matter what, there's going to be competition. And if Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in the land, uh, is going to be the quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns and they hope take them to multiple Super Bowls, this is the big story of camp. And the other thing, too, is the reality is you look at the history, these guys take over sooner than you think most times. Yep. Um, Mitch Trubisky was four games. Uh, Deshaun Watson was a half. Yeah. You know, it depends on what the guy in front of him does, and Tyrod Taylor should be able to hold on to that job. I kind of am starting to think it'll be more like a Rams situation. I think Jared Goff took over around week 10. It was before Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think that's kind of the situation to keep an eye on. Yeah, I would keep an eye on that as well. And the difference here between what Baker Mayfield is stepping into and what a lot of rookie quarterbacks step into is the fact that they went out and they acquired, they gave up a third-round pick, to bring in their starting quarterback. A lot of times you go out and you draft that guy because you don't have somebody on your roster that you feel can win games for you. And it's that's not the case here. They really think that Tyrod, who took the Bills to the playoffs last year, can win some football games. Can he or not? You know, we shall see. But I will. you do have to admit that there's a lot more offensive talent on this football team this year than there was last year. Okay, Ahmad wants to know about the running back situation. He says, how is the running back situation going to sort itself? Will they settle on one main runner to go with Duke Johnson, or will it be a completely even split to start in camp? The Saints didn't thrive last year until they narrowed it. So he brings up the Saints, which is interesting, but I would also look at New England and Philadelphia, the two Super Bowl teams, and they both kind of showed that you can have a lot of running backs and you can get those guys carries. It might not be every game, but over the course of a season, you know, one week... Nick Chubb carries the ball 15 times. The next week, maybe it's Carlos Hyde. You ride that hot hand a little bit. And I wonder if that's sort of where the Browns will go with this. Yeah, you know, who really knows yet how this is going to work out? But I think the key is that they have three really good running backs uh, that can get production for them. Nick Chubb, you know, we saw what he was capable of at Georgia. We all know about Carlos Hyde. We know what Duke Johnson can do, although Duke Johnson is heading into uh, the final year of his contract. And that's a storyline uh Definitely worth watching as we go through, as we head into the offseason, we head into camp, is, you know, how does he feel about this? You know, I'm, I'm sure that he wants to have a contract extension. He would probably like to get that done before the season. So that's something to keep an eye on right there. Uh, I would think that there will be enough carries to go around this summer. Yeah, I think so too. Do um, you have anything? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was asleep at the switch there. I was thinking about Laurel and Yanni. It's, it's, it's an obsession. Sorry, I'm just... Like, I tried to fight it. It was rattled. like that blue dress, gold dress thing. I tried to fight it. And yeah. And then I listened to it one time, and I, it's become an I obsession. Know. Um, all right, so what do I have here? This person says, who is responsible for putting the Browns on hard knocks, and can they be fired? That's Loco Oreo. You know what? I, I hope that fans embrace this. I really do, because I think it's an opportunity to maybe bring some fans back into the fold that the Browns may have lost uh, for guys to get for them to get their fans excited about the season. And I don't know, it just it adds a little drama and intrigue to training camp. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be fun for fans to, to get that behind the scenes look. Um you know, it's an interesting show. It's always worth watching. I like last year. I thought it was kind of boring, but even that was it was still worth watching. It was still yeah. kind of you, you kind of get to see how the league works behind the scenes. You get to see how players interact with each other behind the scenes. You know, even when we're not there. Um, so so it's a you know I, I think it'll be good for the fan base and and yeah it's hard for the team but I think they'll deal with it. All right. Do you want me to see if I have anything else? Yeah, here, see if Dan? we have one or two more here. 
Uh, let's see here. Um, hmm. I've got uh, Phil Smith uh, asking, will the Browns adjust their systems to fit their players or just continue to put square pegs in? And I think the answer to that is, I think it speaks a little to the talent level. I think because you have, well, one, you kept some stability, right? So on defense now, you kind of know, or you kept Greg Williams, you know what he wants. So they draft a cover corner, number four. They bring in Demarius Randall to play free safety so they can move Jabril Peppers. I think some of the, certainly Hugh Jackson and the coaching staff bears some blame in how guys were used last year, but I also think some of it was the talent level. They just didn't have certain guys to put in certain positions. They didn't want Jabril Peppers 30 yards off the line. Yeah. But that's what they needed to do because they didn't believe anybody else could handle that position. They didn't trust their corners. So hopefully the upgrade in talent will mean that you'll look at the roster and say, okay, these guys are are being used correctly. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there will be some of, you know, let's do what these guys do well. I mean, you've got a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor that's vastly different than what Todd Haley is used to working with in Ben Roethlisberger. Different size, different style, all different kinds of things going on there. So I do think that he's going to have to tailor his offense to fit the strengths of Tyrod Taylor for now and some of the other guys on the team and the running backs that you have and the receivers that you have. So, I mean, you've got Jarvis Landry, who normally played in the slot. So how does that impact, you know, how, how many receivers that you're going to always have on the field? Or uh, are you always going to be in the shotgun? Although he was primarily in the shotgun in, um, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that, you know, more of the RPOs and things like that, I, you know, I do think that they will adjust to what they have. Yeah. So, so that'll be interesting to watch as, as we go along um, how that, that system goes in place. Is that, is that everything or did you come across something else there? Oh, you know what? I don't really have anything <laughs> else right now. We put the call out about an hour before we recorded. All so, right. Well, uh, no, wait. I have something oh. here. Bricks, Brick City wants to know which cornerback from, from the 2017 roster is most likely to stay on the roster in 2018. That's an interesting question uh, because, you know, Jamar Taylor was on the trading block during the draft. And I do think that that's something to watch as we move forward here. They've added so many defensive backs to the team. Uh, will he still be on there? But I do think that uh, Brianne Body Calhoun will be on the roster. I think that yeah. they view him as, you know, just somebody that really can contribute to this team. Whether Jamar's here or not, we'll have to see. Yeah, and that was the name I was going to say too. And he could be on the roster as a safety. Yeah. Because he played a little safety last year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they try him there again. He's got some of those ball skills. Um, he, I, I actually think he could probably play either safety position, at least right. for stretches. So I think he's pretty safe thanks to his versatility. Yeah, I think um, more so than anything, when you look at this roster, there will be really stiff competition at almost every single position. And a lot of people, a lot of guys that were pretty solid last year are going to be looking over their shoulders this year that's the way it's supposed to be yeah exactly like veterans shouldn't feel safe and rookies shouldn't just walk in the door and start right there should be some competition that's a good thing so we're gonna wrap it up and we're gonna go okay we're gonna go off the field again yep you told me about the um cleaning toilets situation and i you know so i lived in a house one year when i was at kent state and it was in hindsight, again, when I was living there, it was what it was. But now that I look back at it, I am a little embarrassed by the situation we had going on. We actually had a George Foreman grill. And what happens with those things, I don't even know if they still make them. 
Everybody uses it, but nobody cleans out the fat tray. Yeah. It I, gets a little gross. I hear you. Well, I will tell you that I found a number of science projects <laughs> in the refrigerator. Uh, there were various different kinds of alcohol, you know, all over the place, really. Um, hard to believe. And, um, <laughs> Not in Miami. Yeah, cups with funny green things growing in them. You know, I mean, like moldy things, not... <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful here. Um, dirty laundry everywhere. So yeah, it was uh, it was quite challenging. So I spent hours and hours cleaning the apartment in hopes of possibly getting the security deposit. Oh, that's back. not going to happen. No. But that is not happening, no. is it? You might get part of it. Yeah, I didn't feel any. You know, and, and, and you're probably wondering where was my son <laughs> while I was cleaning this? Right, he was taking a final. Oh, see, so there so you he go. was doing his his. Student duty. Yes, he was. So see, good for him. Good for him. Way to go, Christopher. His final. Now, Dan, <laughs> what's going on in the lobby household? Right. Well, uh, I am. I am running the Cleveland Marathon on Sunday. This is going to. This is my third one. Wow. I've had some bizarre experiences in the first two. Um, the first one I ran a couple years ago. It was like sleeting. Oh my hailing. Goodness. It was same date. Sleeting, hailing, lightning. Thund- well, there wasn't lightning, but there was thunder. Wow. Um, and I actually, towards the end of it, had somebody from Alaska catch up to me. And he was kind of running with me and we were talking. And, and I said to him, well, you must be used to running and stuff like this. And he kind of looked at me and said, I've never run a race in conditions like this. A guy from Alaska in May. <laughs> oh, my So, goodness. yeah. And then last year, um, had a little bit of an issue. There's a little turnaround yeah. right around mile 16 or something. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit of an issue where, and that's where there's kind of a big crowd. Yeah. And I kind of had to stop. I almost, it's a little gross, almost vomited in front of about, mm, there's probably about five or 600 people at the turnaround. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Didn't do it. Good. Got through it. So we're, we're going to see how number three goes. And then we got wow. the Browns golf outing the next day. So. Wow. Good for you. I mean, I've, is this the CVS? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Or Rite Aid. I guess it's Rite Aid now. Rite Aid. Rite Aid. Okay. Yeah. I, ran the, um, I ran the 10K one year. And I remember one of my friends ran by me. And he ran the marathon. Actually, he was running the marathon. Oh, okay. He ran the marathon. And I, I'm looking at him thinking, how the heck did you just do that? And he was like, yeah, I spoke about a pack a day. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of these days I will join you and I'll run the 10K. All end. right. There you go. Well, I actually, uh, when I did the Akron half last year, uh, our buddy Nate Ulrich was running the, uh, the team, whatever. They do the, 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 like, relay. He was doing the marathon relay. So Now, had we known that HBO was coming to town, you know, we could have filmed you in the marathon. <laughs> no, no. That See, could my goal is to actually stay off of Hard Knocks. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that's my goal, uh, is to stay off of the show. Well, All good, right. Good luck to well, you. Thank you. That will do it for our, this edition of Orange and Brown's Talk Podcast. Listen, we're, we're kind of looking to add some segments and do some different things, get away from just, you know, every now and again we'll have a big topic and we'll talk about that for half an hour, but a lot of these times we have a lot of things to get into. So if you have suggestions, uh, anything like that, leave us a rating, leave it in the comments, tweet at us, whatever it is. We are, we are open for And if you need parenting advice from us or marital (laughs) advice from us or running advice, we can do that too. Yeah, life advice. Anything you you need, we can handle it here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Laurel.